This is Carte Blanche, the podcast. One story every day that matters. Delve into the issues that impact you. Whether you're in need of a better understanding of the world around you or simply seeking inspiration or unique perspectives, you'll find it all here. It works perfectly in theory. An emergency number providing a hotline to the police, ensuring potentially life-saving assistance. 10111 is envisaged as a 24-hour lifeline for many. But somehow, somewhere, things have gone horribly wrong, with an estimated 7 million calls to the number having gone unattended in the past three financial years. We try and find out why our crime line is in a critical state. I stopped the car exactly at this point and I saw him lying on the ground. It's taken Anastasia Golfinopoulos two years to make sense of the moment that ripped her world apart. I remember screaming um, and saying, what, saying to the man, what did you do? And I could hear the children screaming in the car and there's just blood just pouring everywhere. In a cruel twist of fate, Anastasia was fetching takeaways for the family. Totally unaware, her husband, Jakes, had gone out for a walk. We got onto William Nickel. As I turned, I think it was a sort of Hyunda. He swerved, and I heard a man scream. My whole world crashed. <laughs> the man hit by the car swerving in front of her was her husband. And I started phoning. When I called about 30 times. Anastasia was calling 10 one, the number most South Africans rely on in case of an emergency. If you saw the screenshots of my phone, it was on 1%. It was dying. But on this Sunday evening, she would join millions of people who've been let down by this critical police service. Hello, welcome to Tenzubur You're speaking to Peritela, the Minister of Police. The minister may always be up for good PR, but in January he was forced to admit to Parliament that 10 one command centres countrywide were only 40% staffed. Well over 6 million calls were dropped over three years in six out of nine provinces that actually provided data. So the number is arguably more than 7 million. How many of the 7 million calls could be people? the most vulnerable in our society that needs assistance, that could be involved in an accident, that could save somebody's life. The Public Servants Association National Manager is Claude Nyker. He's seen the crisis escalate since the 2016 strike by its union members employed at 10 one demanding better pay and working conditions. Currently, if you look at Kauteng, we're operating at 74 employees. So what happens to 74 employees that have to man this voluminous calls? They eventually get burned out. During December, which is a peak period, on one shift, there were only 12 employees manning these calls. The backlog becomes impossible to manage, and the casualties are those whose calls go unanswered. In those 30 times, someone did answer a few times. The 10 one operators seemed more concerned about giving Anastasia a reference number. And no one was coming. 
Many of us have this movie-inspired notion of an emergency response call, with the operator virtually holding our hand until the police or ambulance arrives at the scene. But this isn't the reality for most South Africans. There are 22 command centers around the country with 1,300 staff. We were denied access to Gauteng 10111, but found an insider who revealed the inner workings. So most of the calls are repeated calls for people who are not being attended to. In fear of losing his job, John confesses that it's impossible for the scant staff complement of 11 or so people to handle up to 10,000 calls a day. And what's worse is that some of the radio workstations are broken. A picture of systemic negligence. The call taker will take your complaint to the call dispatcher. But now, when the dispatcher calls the vehicle, there are no vehicles in the area. The reason the policemen on the ground are overwhelmed is because there are no cars to cover their area. And even if there are cars, it doesn't mean they can respond immediately. Other emergencies may take priority. He takes his arm and he starts choking me. Katleko Molatlehi didn't get the response she needed after a violent altercation broke out between her and her 24-year-old brother. And my son kept on saying, please, please don't kill my mommy. I could feel my body going limb. And I think that's when my brother left me. Of course, 10 one was her first port of call. And she promised that she'll get help here as soon as she can. But shouldn't she have realized that you needed a, an ambulance more than the police? And I assumed that, oh, then the police are the ones who must then take me to the hospital or a clinic. The person that's answering the call needs to display effective communication in order to assist the person. He has to relay this to another dispatcher who then gets in contact with the nearest police station or the ambulance or the hospital where the call emanated from. About 10 minutes later, Katleho got a call from the police officers in the car dispatch to help her. She now felt sure that she would get some assistance. And I told them that, yes, my brother strangled me. They asked me where he is, and I said, I don't know, he ran out. And they just said, all right, when he comes back, please call us. Didn't you mention to them that you needed an ambulance? I did. Kadlejo hung up in disbelief that the police would risk her attacker coming back. Severely injured and afraid, she had to find her own way to the hospital. There's no need to hire more people, to promise more people that the police are coming. Yet you don't have vehicles to go and attend to those people. The frightening thing about all of this is that even if the command centers were operating optimally, could the police respond to all these emergencies? We wanted answers, and National Police spokesperson Brigadier Atlanda Marte was more optimistic than her minister. What has led to the 10 one crisis? There is no crisis at all at our 10 one call centers. We are dealing with day-to-day -day challenges uh, that we are uh, facing. Then I got the official line. 
budget has been made available to fix things. A portion of 10,000 new recruits will alleviate staff shortages. Roadshows have been held to assess challenges. But if we thought Gauteng was under pressure, the Durban 10 one Centre is no better, judging by footage leaked to us. This is a dramatisation of an actual conversation to protect the informant's identity. We've got carpet that is worn, we've got cockroaches, we've got broken chairs, we've got air conditioners that's not working. We've got only one toilet for about 70 females. Our equipment here is extremely faulty, breaks all the time, all the lines are not working. Kate, what about your call monitoring screen? Is that up and running? It's not working because there's a cable that needs to be replaced and the states don't have money to replace the cable. Without this essential piece of equipment, Supervisors can't monitor the number of incoming calls and waiting time, leaving them unaware of the backlog. When we interviewed members, um, they at a certain stage borrow headsets from one another, share the screens in order to do their function. Hearing it from the actual 10111 staff, it was hard to accept the Brigadier's assurances that all systems are operational and there are enough vehicles on the ground. But we've seen the conditions, Brigadier, in centres like Durban. All the challenges that we have experienced at the 10111 call centre in Durban are being addressed. We've got sufficient members in each uh, shift to ensure that we respond to the call of duty. Our Durban whistleblower disagrees. The equipment is broken, the telephones, you can't hear the complainers properly. Some phones only work off speaker. How many operators have you got working and how many should you have? At the moment, we have anywhere between four and seven. We should have about 12 or 13. Of course, there was talk of a recovery plan, but the victims of the 10 one failure may never recover. Left stranded by emergency services on the side of the road for 40 minutes, Anastasia had no choice but to call her sister and get her husband to a hospital. And just saying to him, just try stay awake. And then they came up to me and they said, sorry, ma'am, but he's unfortunately, he's gone. Jean Marcel von Aswegen died that same night. Dialing 10 one has left Anastasia's family with lifelong trauma. That's the last number you phone. I'm living proof that I was not helped. Katlejo still feels unsafe from her brother and unprotected by a system that may fail her again. I will never in my life use my battery life to call the South African police. Following our story, Rudy Dix, head of the project management office in the presidency, confirmed that the South African Police Service plans to call on the private call center industry to help fix the 10 one call centers. Dix also added that should this partnership prove to be successful, similar private interventions could be implemented in various other struggling state departments. 
Remember, you can now access Carte Blanche stories anytime, anywhere, even offline. Carte Blanche, the podcast, is now available on all major podcast platforms. So be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button and be part of our growing online family.